We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Steven, great jump cut, 45 seconds. a whole burst to it, 20. Nice. That's a tackle, runs left, 25, still on his feet, 46-yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it, he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend, former Los Angeles Rams offensive back, Michael Stewart. It is the preview show. Just a couple days away now. Rams, Bucks, and Tampa Bay Divisional Playoff. Mike, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing really good, DC. Just uh, ready to get into this preview, talk about our Vaunted Rams, and see how they set up against these Tampa Bay Tom Brady Buccaneers. These Tom Brady Buccaneers. Now, for years, the Rams couldn't beat Tom Brady, but the last two meetings they have, albeit in the regular season, we're going to talk with J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report tonight. Want to get his thoughts on it because this is a big one. Big one, big one, big one. This is for all the marbles for the Rams right now. Every game out is for all the marbles. How confident are you hanging this one, Mike? Well, you know, the thing is, you're confident to a degree that they got through first round. They know what's at stake, so there's not a whole lot to prepare or not prepare for. They know what they have to do. The only thing they got to go into the lines then out there in Tampa. So uh, I noticed on the injury report, Tom Brady got some rest days. So uh, we'll see what that means. But at the same time, uh, I think as long as uh, guys show up, 
and you just don't have a bunch of turnovers, that should be one of the better games that uh, we've seen this playoff season. Well, he got beat up is what happened. I mean, let's be that. He got beat up his last couple of games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. my gosh, the, 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 the Bucks are hurting. Now, the Rams had their injuries as well, but the Bucks are hurting. They're not the same team that they were when we met them early in the year, when we saw the Rams put the Bucks in week three. We're going to talk about that with J.C. Allen. Meanwhile, on the Rams' front injury report out today, here we go. On the injury report, Andrew Whitworth with his knee out. Did not play the last two days. I guess that's a big one, isn't it? Whitworth. And then you have Troy Reader on the list. He's limited this week with with his ankle. See what else on the list here. Taylor Rapp concussion. Two straight DMP, so he's not on a pro call yet. Buddy Howell, his hamstring did not play. Brandon Powell, our beloved new return. Love this guy, man. Limited. And Ben Skaronic with his back, also limited. That's man, it's not too bad. It could be worse. It could be the Tampa Bay injury list, which is much longer. Much, much longer. I'm going down real quick. Uh Shaq Barrett with his knee did play. He's full this week. Uh Giovanni Bernard limited with his Running back Tom Brady, rest as you mentioned. Levante David, linebacker limited. Uh, Mike Edwards, safety full with his elbow. Cyril D- Grayson, wide receiver, a DNP with his hamstring. Ryan Jensen, center, DNP. Ronald Jones, running back. These are guys we know now, DNP. Stephen McClan, nose tackle, rest. Uh, Steven, Sean Murphy, uh, birding, cornerback. This is, by the way, on, on Thursday night, limited. And Brashard Perriman, DNP with his hip admin. Uh, abdomen. Jason P. All pair. Peter Paul. I'm a mess tonight, man. Mess. DMP and Josh Wells tackle limited. Tristan Wirfs tackle DMP. That's a lot of stuff. They're banged up. The Rams aren't as bad, uh, I would say. They, they still they miss Taylor Rapp. They miss Andrew Whitworth. Let's see how that goes. Pressers coming out today. Check those real quick as well. Overall, what's your view of this injury report from what we're seeing? Yeah, when you just look at it, like, okay, how's Tampa Bay going to field a team because most of these guys actually play for them? Like, do not practice. That means, yeah, you're going to be limited now to uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, which we know Thursdays typically, uh, you know, somewhat of a full day. But uh, Friday, definitely helmets. Saturday, walk through, play game on Sunday. So uh, I guess they may be figuring, hey, we need to just kind of rest these guys up and and go play a game. Maybe we're not going to get in much more shape, but you're talking now about timing. So, uh, you know, a big one is, you know, the Tom Brady thing. But, you know, that dude's a veteran. He'll be ready to go. Uh, But I like. The fact that, you know, our list is really uh, small uh, considering, uh, but most of it was just limited participation, which means you're just kind of out there maybe running around, not so much full go. So you can somewhat keep the rhythm of your defense, the rhythm of your offense going. So, like I said, I think this is going to be one of the uh, better playoff games on Sunday. I think it will, too. I, I mean, I, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I like that it's on Sunday afternoon. It's kind of like getting towards the end of the weekend. It's going to be fun. I'm 
reasonably confident the Rams to win this. I'm I'm not as afraid of the Buccaneers as say I would be concerned with say the Packers, the Niners, or the Buffalo Bills. I mentioned that before. I also think the Rams have a lot of momentum going for them. Take, you know, just take out that one bad half against the 49ers. They've been pretty good. I like how certain players are emerging, too. And they're finally seeing to have an identity, which is grounded in the running game. Do you believe they can run this Bucks team? Do you think they, they can move like they did the Cardinals on the ground? Absolutely. I think if they just stick with it. I, I think what happened so much earlier, they just weren't willing, you know, Coach McVay, whoever's calling plays, just wasn't as willing to just stick with the run. But, you know, anyone who has any football history knows that you better be able to run the ball in, in December and January and you need to take some some minutes off the clock, wear that other team down. Uh, but I, I'm confident if they stick with the run, uh, we can see a lot more of what happened last week. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, Ernest Jones came off the uh, came off the injured list here, and according per from Jordan Rodriguez, per Aaron Donald, Ernest Jones looked good in return to practice. So wait and see who's cleared to play. But that would be a nice boost. Ernest Jones is playing very very well. Very well before he went out. So that's, I mean, that's, man, that's what they needed. That's what they needed. That guy in the middle who was yeah. making moves. Oh, man. Right, right. Huge boost. Other than that, I'm not seeing anything on Whitworth right now. I'm not seeing anything in terms of updating his status. We know that they're waiting to see what's going on with him. I think offensively, here's what's concerning me. It was 140 yards on the ground against the Cardinals, who were 20th in the league against the rush. They, they averaged less than four yards carry. I'm concerned a little bit there. Like All that effort they put in, they, and they weren't getting four yards carry. What makes you so confident that they'll be fine? Well, a couple things. Uh, weather. They're playing on a good field uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, so the turf should be great for for a running day uh, and just this time of the year. You know, I was a little bit hesitant and somewhat surprised at how well Cam Akers ran uh, based on having an Achilles tear. That that to me is like, yeah, he doesn't look like he really has any, as we would say, ring rust. We've seen what uh, uh, one my drawing ring, our other uh, running back came from New England has done all year. Sonny Michelle just been solid. Uh, mm-hmm. Sonny Michelle has been solid all all season, and so now I think you have a legitimate one two punch. And you know we definitely saw with the running game, the passing game was a lot more effective. Uh, to your point on the uh, Sunday podcast, that it was like uh, you know our quarterback was able to not have to force things. You know, Stafford wasn't trying to just make all the plays. He was letting the game literally come to him. He was taking what was open, mm-hmm. and it showed a huge difference. So I'm anticipating that if you're going to say stick with what you did, well, yeah, stick with what you did as far as take what the game gives you, make the adjustments as it comes up. But if you stick with the running game, that just opens up a lot of your total offense. Now, do you think that 
The addition of Cam Akers also just does something for the, the offensive line. I mean, take us a little bit inside baseball and just put it inside football. How does an offensive line view a healthy running back situation? Like when they see, hey, I got Cam Bakers back there and I got Sonny Michelle. We got two guys we can bruise for him. How are they feeling when they're going out and trying to make magic happen? Well, I think if you ask any lineman, uh, the higher you go, especially, they're going to want to be a run first type of offensive lineman. It's just easier to run block than somewhat the pass block because now you have the defense more on their heels because you're coming downhill at them. But when they know you're in obvious passing downs, well, now you got to get back and set up those guys running different suns and things like that. Backers may be blitzing. And if someone, you know, misses a call or doesn't pick up this, then you got a guy running wide open. Now you're giving up sacks. So when you have a guy like Cam Akers, he doesn't need a whole lot. So with the speed, his ability to be, you know, a smaller, slitherier back, if that's, you know, slithering through there, if you will, uh, they they know they don't have to, you know, if you have a big dominant guy, uh, like their nose tackles of a huge uh, guy uh, for them. Yeah, you don't need to try to drive that guy. That's not going to happen. But you can turn him and get on a side. And now your running back can make him miss, do the work if you're especially running in between a guard and a tackle area. So for a lineman, yeah, they get excited that they get the run block, tee off on the defense. And then the back, again, doesn't need a whole lot. Now we got a six yards. We're sitting uh, short and sweet. Let's run it again, you know. And so, uh, again, that's why I anticipate this is probably going to be one of the better games in you know, history has shown if if they can get up on top, that just changes the game a whole lot. Um, you know, I made a mistake, too, in our last show, and I did not really talk about this enough, and that was Cam Akers. I'm going to be honest, and I'm at this point, we're a few days past that game, so I'm probably rehashing something someone's already said, and that is, holy crap, man, he looked good especially in the open field. He had a couple good runs called back that really shouldn't have been. Like, oh, man, seriously? Like, you can see why right away they're talking about getting him back for the playoffs, getting him back, focus on him much more early in the game. As much as I love Sonny Michelle, and I hope they resign and keep him with the team, I mean, even after being gone for five and a half months with a torn Achilles, you can see the difference in what they bring to the table. Michelle's the bruiser, but man, the skill, the speed, man, Cam looked great. He did game change. He's a big game changer for them right now. He changes everything about that offense. I guess blew me away. I mean, it's essentially, in my view, a miracle. When you tear into, remember when Kobe came back from his torn Achilles? He was never the same. And the same surgeon worked on him. I know the, the age is probably a factor, but Cam looks phenomenal. Right, right. And so, again, when I'm watching him run, again, I was, you know, talking to one of my older sons, and we were going back and forth, and I go, hey, man, this, oh, dad, wait, you know, they just need to put Cam Akers in. And I'm going, look, son, 
this this guy's coming off a, a torn Achilles. Yeah, he's not running like that. And then to see him like running like that is like <laughs> okay. They they definitely have some different type of surgery techniques because again, the first person I thought of was Kobe Bryant, and you're just running in a shorter space, you know, on a basketball court. You know what I mean? You're not trying to dodge and dip people, but man, he was making tip and and uh dropping his shoulder getting outside, getting inside, and so running with a lot of speed and confidence. And again, you're talking about a guy coming off an injury, which means take your hats off to whoever, all the rehab from the doctor to everything. And then some guys are just blessed with uh, the Lord's ability to heal them faster than others. But you would never know that this guy had a Achilles injury. Yeah. And had surgery. You know what I mean? That's that's just unheard of from the Achilles injuries. You know, again, play with Dan Moreno. He was like barely walking around. And he was a quarterback. I, had so, you, I forgot about that. He had, had that injury. So yeah. You watched it firsthand. So, yeah. Yeah. Man. So to see a running back running like he was and with authority. And again, I'm looking at the speed of it all. You know, he mm-hmm. wasn't hesitant of cutting. He wasn't hesitant to drop his shoulder. And again, running with a lot of authority. And again, the speed factor just was was really eye opening to me. I'm like, yeah, this is pretty. This is pretty interesting for a guy to be back that fast. In this no short nerves. time. Yeah. No yeah. nerves. And, and, you know, I, I was mentioning earlier that, that they didn't average four yards carried. There was one holding call that I just felt was stupid, a bad call. And that was one of his long runs they brought back. And I think there were two of them like that. Oh, you mean, you mean when the guy just fell down? Like yeah. Like, being held? So, yeah. I, 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 was it, was yeah. it Corbett or was it, was it Edwards? I forget who it was. But... He was running to the left, off guard there, and you see, you see the two the two linemen engaged, and as Acres passes, you see the defender lean and our guy lean, right. and there's that moment where they're grabbing, but like it's a moment thing. It's not like it wasn't like our guy was driving their their dude into the ground. It wasn't like. He was right. had this big massive thing of jersey and was holding him up. He the linemen both linemen were going towards Acres, so it seemed like a really weak call, especially since we see you know our boy Aaron Donald basically get molested every week on the on the field. Oh my goodness, it's I mean, just ridiculous. It's night and day. What we see Donald deal with and that ticky tack holding call, call. I mean. There were a couple of those in the game, including a couple of the Rams got away with. Don't get me wrong. But my point is, it was kind of a ridiculous holding call. Like, we see much worse. So now's the time you decide you want to, you want to call holding, really. Honestly. Than a play where, where Akers had them beat anyways. He wasn't, cat- right. wasn't going to grab him. Right, right. And, and again, you know, when some of these plays are happening, again, like, it's... Now, we can all see a holding call, but the letter of the law, you could literally call holding every play if you wanted to, just because of the way guys are, you know, grabbing in those trenches. 
But again, when you look at Aaron Donald, who's truly getting held, I mean, they're pulling shirts, you know, he's by guys and they're pulling back, no holding call, no harm, no foul. And then you see these kind of other penalties Mm -hmm. that, no, man, that guy fell down. No, man, that dude is, he just can't get through. So how is that holding? So it's just, it's just tough. And again, the officials, they're human like us. I know they're out there trying to do their best job. It's just, I don't know. It's just like the, the consistency is not there with all these guys this, this off season. So I don't know if, if the COVID messed them up too. Who the officials? Yeah. It just seemed well, like that's, the consistency isn't there. I think this, it, I, I remember way back, this is the Rams Super Bowl year in 2001. I remember that year complaining all year about the official. I thought it was awful all year. That was the, the worst I'd seen. And this is the first time since then I have sat back and gone, oh my gosh, this year's been worse. This year's been awful for calls. And there's no better team to look at than the rival 49ers. You can go back and look at our film from the Rams, the last game against the Rams. They were holding every flip and play, not getting called for it. <laughs> every flip and play. Yeah, in this last game with the Cardinals, I counted two two blocks to the back, back to back. Didn't they didn't call it. Didn't call it. I mean, it's frustrating to see. It's really it's it was frustrating with um, McVeigh having to use two challenges in the first half of our last game, right? The, the Rams' last game. And to me, they're both you know at least the first one was an obvious call. And I'm sitting there wondering with the second one, the touchdown line, the one yard touchdown from from Stafford. How on earth they didn't see that either? You're that's when you have guys stationed on both sides of the, the end zone line to see that, and yet you didn't see it. You have to use a camera thing of them going over top. Me and Tommy, the umpire there, couldn't see either. Are you, nobody could see it. Not the side judge, not your umpire. Where, what are you doing? It's just been that kind of year. And also, well, there's something the same, not the usual cruise, but you know your job, right? If you're, not, if you're breaking cruise up and trying to match the best up, the best up then it's not working. Because we seem to complain more every year in the playoffs about efficient than we do during the regular season. Right. I just want to point right. that out. So, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, again, they're human. You know, I've played the game, coached the game, had to deal with officials, and I'd always tell them, hey, guys, hey, do, you know, go out there, give it your best. I'm not going to be over here going crazy. I know you're going to miss some. Oh, coach, man, we really appreciate that. Okay, fine. Just be consistent. If you call and hold and ticky tack, we'll just call it both ways, all game ticky tack. Mm-hmm. Don't start doing the one sided thing. Then it's like, hey, man, this is unacceptable. It's no way we could only be holding and them not. And so just just be consistent. That's all I ask. And that's all we ever really ask is we want consistency. We don't really ever get it, unfortunately. Who's ever consistent right, right. anymore? Honestly, who's ever consistent? So, I mean, this game especially, I mean, we've already seen, like, what? Is it one crew? The Bogers crew's done, right? Bogers crew is... Or the NFL yeah. already said they're, they're done for the, the postseason. Yeah, they're done. Like they're on early vacation. And my question was, what's what was Booger even doing refereeing a game? Um, are they serious? This guy's one of the worst in the league. <laughs> Everybody knows it. He's not one of the worst in the league, is he? Yeah, he is. In my view, he is. Every single time. <laughs> you know how many different 
Rams games, we watch him referee. And it's almost a given his crew botches a bunch up. Not even one thing up. It, he doesn't control his games at all. So the moment I saw Jerome Boger is our guy, I'm like, oh, great. Great. That's the, that's the biggest complaint I have about him. He doesn't, he doesn't control the game at all. Did it surprise yeah, me to see yeah. Aaron Donald getting fired up and getting himself in trouble in the game? No, because these referees don't control that. Boger is... These guys are supposed to be the law, right? Yeah. Well, they're on the they're the law, right? They don't, they don't know their yes. their butt from their head sometimes. I know I sound like a fan right now, but just NFL officiating <laughs> needs to be needs to be overhauled hardcore. There's, there seems to be no accountability whatsoever, none, and you wonder why mistakes happen in the playoffs. Do they ever pay well, any price for their botches? Well, the the interesting thing is. Again, it's like anything. If you want to get like the cream of the crop or people that really are going to take a serious. Now, I get it. Most of these guys are very professional, have very good jobs, lawyers, all kinds of things. I'm not saying that. But at the same time, if you make the pay equivalent to like, yeah, man, this is a serious profession, you actually can get some nice little bonuses or whatever. You're going to bring to the table people that are more, uh, to me, just going to take it more seriously. And not that these guys aren't, because, again, to get to the NFL uh, fishing ranks, you have to be doing something to get there. You just don't say, oh, I'm going to be an NFL official, and they go, okay, come on in, and that's it. No, you you got to work high school, college, JC sometime, and on up until you can prove and you know go on and get in there. but. Uh, again, I just would like to see more officiating. I think that a lot of this, you know, they have the officiating crews that are there on site to review plays. And now they got New York to review plays, you know, and maybe that's taken away from it because, yeah, if you put everything through review and slow motion, yeah, you can see what actually can happen. But all a lot of stuff we get to see in slow motion you can't tell what that's happening in real time. You know what I mean? So uh, as long as replay is in there to that point, yes, sometimes it's going to make an official look worse than possibly he is. But if you're going to use replay, the thing that saddens me about that is they show the replay and we go, well, wait a minute. How can they not change that call? Like, Clearly, he's how, yeah. How did you? How, well, my first question usually is, how did they miss that? How on yeah. earth did they miss that? Yeah, and you're looking at a replay. How how do you say? Oh no, man, he's clearly out of bounds. Clearly, yeah. So those are the things that I just kind of like. Wow, I I don't know how you do that. If clearly you can see, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is where it is. I think the most frustrating thing for me when it comes down to the NFL official right now is the inconsistency. But you just said something that I want to kind of bring it back before we bring JC on. Um, apparently, he's having a little bit of trouble with his AC. We have a hard time about that when we see him. Um, tell me this. Tell me this. How well are officials paid from what you remember? 
Uh, I think they made, you know, I don't know, hundred grand. They were decently played, you know, but I figure, you know, I just always remember kind of Ed Hockley's as one of them, you know, lawyer guy. Like, what would make him go officiating if it wasn't worth it? You know, some guys just like being around the game. Uh, but I'm thinking those guys are making, you know, a hundred k. Hmm. But I'm just sitting there thinking, if it, if it is 100K, and, and if someone knows, please email us and let us know what the actual rate is. 100K a year is pretty solid for, what, five, six hours of work on the weekend? Well, I'm going to stand myself and correct myself. I actually looked it up. And 219, it was 205 a year. Two, 205K a year. Yeah. At 205K a year to work 16 games plus preseason, postseason, you better be freaking good at your job. Yeah, yeah. Legit, 205 a year. Oh, my gosh. I'm salty yeah. now, man. I am yeah, salty. So... Legit, 205 yeah, so... a year. Legit, that was two nineteen. Uh, average salary for NFL referee was set at two hundred five. It was an increase of fifty six thousand from the previous year. So, again, if you take off the fifty six, you know, guys are making one hundred and fifty k. That's still good money. So, I guess I need to go <laughs> start going into the NFL ranks. <laughs> you know, maybe that's the next career for you. You made me leave the field. Leave. Why not, Mike? Honestly, why not? Yeah. You don't. I, you don't think you do better than what we, the knuckleheads we have out there now? Well, I know I would take it very serious. The time I, I upped in in high school in the summers and stuff. You know, me and my partner in crime, Coach Little John, now at Bakersfield Junior College. Uh, man, we we had mostly all the parents and coaches wanting us to ref. Their, officiate their games because we as high school graduating seniors took it seriously showed up on time you know ran around made sure you know guys were on and off the field we didn't take any stuff we weren't you know so I know that I would take it seriously and make sure that you know you get yourself into position how many times do you look on uh, a game or see a game and you see a ref out of position because He's kind of loafing to get where he's supposed to be. That's yeah. half the battle is being able to get in a position to make a good call. That's half the battle. But if you can't really get there, or you're not really you're trying to make a call from way over there. Uh, that's where it's a problem. You know, how many times you see an official standing right there, not make the call. And some guy across the yeah. field chucks a flag and you go, wait a minute, how can he see it? He's way over there. The guy is right there. How did he not see? I mean, we saw that last weekend. Much yeah. to, and it didn't work out well. All right. All of our whining and complaining aside, let's bring in <laughs> JC out for the Pewter Report and talk with him about the Buccaneers. One moment here. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, folks, here we are. J.C. Allen from the Pewter Report. J.C., how you doing? Doing great, guys. Uh, happy to be here to discuss this matchup. Obviously, a rematch. We're running it back. I, I figured we might be speaking again uh, the way these two teams looked in the beginning of the season. And uh, here we are. And now it's for a trip to the NFC Championship game. So really excited for this weekend's matchup against two really evenly matched teams and I think two of the most talented teams in the league. So we have with me here Mike Stewart from... Uh, from our team here, he's a former LA Rams defensive back, played the Bucks enough in his days that both teams weren't exactly great for much of that. But uh, I guess I guess I'll start first. JC, looking at this matchup, looking at where these teams these teams played early in the year, thirty four twenty four Rams win. How how are the Bucks different now from when we last saw them? You know. Uh... When when they first started the season, it's it's obviously there's there's all the hype because you're the returning Super Bowl champs. You bring back 22 started the entire you know your special teams. Everyone's back together, and um, quickly it started to unravel in the injury front. You know you look at that first game, you lose Sean Murphy Bunting. In that game, you didn't have Antonio Brown. You lost Jim, uh, Jamel Dean was in there. You lost Carlton Davis. You were down to your your number four and five cornerbacks in that game. And it was still tied right before halftime, before the Rams scored twice. So, you know, I think injuries has played a huge part into the in this Bucks team this year. The adversity that had to come through, the next man up mentality, the you know, just the ability for them to grind through anything that's come up, whether it was the Antonio Brown situation, whether it's been injuries that they've had to come up come over overcome with. So, I think this team's just really resilient, and uh, they they know how to win, they know how to get it done. Uh, when it matters most, and that's that's heading to the playoffs. So, um, you know, their identity, uh, usually teams have an identity. Obviously, you know, this, you're, are you a running team? Do you rely on your defense? Do you rely on your passing game? And I think the Bucks are still trying to really hone in what their identity is going to be in this playoff run. Um, obviously, they're one of the best passing leagues in the uh, teams in the league. They're really good on defense, as you saw last week, finally starting to get all their pieces back. And, uh, you know, running the ball, Leonard Fournette comes back. So I think um, what's different about this team the most is just um, the mental toughness, the, the, the mental attitude that they have, have uh, going into these games and these matchups that they know no matter what happens in, in a game, no matter who goes out, you know, Tristan Wirfs, your all-pro right tackles out, Josh Wells steps in and plays a heck of a game. So no matter what happens, You've got guys you can depend on, so I, I think that's one of the biggest things that they just they they the trust in the that they have with each other. JC Michael Stewart, man, good to have you on, sir. Uh, good to have you on. 
Had a quick question. Uh, I saw a quote from uh, Big Tom Brady in regards to uh, talking to some of the uh, reporters and, I guess, pregame things uh, for this week. Uh, but they were asking me about, hey, you know, you guys played the Rams earlier in the year. What's it going to be like? And his response basically was, well, you know, that was in September. You know, we're a different team. It's all about, uh, he says, it's really about this game and what we've learned from last game. Uh, what do you make of that as far as him and the leadership? And uh, what do you see as the difference from the earlier team in September and the team that's now in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, that's typ- that's your typical Tom Brady answer, right? We're on to Cincinnati. Um, yeah, so right. he, learned, he learned from the best. But he, it's right, too. These are two different teams. I mean, obviously, Bobby Woods isn't there. Uh, Von Miller is there now. There's, uh, you know... At, Tom Brady always says, and and it's so true. You know that first month, that you know you're you're really starting to find out your team, find out even if, even though they brought everybody back, you're finding what you're good at, what you're not good at, what you can accomplish, what you can't. And remember, you're, you know the Bucks are Super Bowl champs. It, it's the Super Bowl for everybody. Everyone wants to say they knocked knocked off the Bucks. You know, even if you're if you're a Washington team or a Jets team, yeah, well we knocked off the Super Bowl champs. You know, it's something to build upon. So um, they're getting everybody's best shot, but you know, that's that's kind of what Tom preaches is, you know, it's it's every game is a different individual game. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Speaking with them week 18, the first week 18, he had just played the Carolina Panthers week 16 and was playing them again. I said, so what's there? He's like, nothing's different. Still watching tape, still studying them. I'm like, you just played them two two weeks ago. What can what much can be different on, on the film? But that's just who Tom is. You know, it, he's going to study his opponent. Um, and study what they did one game in between the last game just to see if he can get a competitive edge. So, uh, you know, the Rams have have uh, they've evolved as a team, um, as have the Bucks, and as have every team kind of in the playoffs. I mean, the Bucks' latest opponent, the Eagles, they, you know, they are horrid at running. They they had people in the stands saying run with signs saying run the ball, and they ended up finishing as the number one rushing team in the league. So, uh, week three is such a long time ago at this point that. Uh, so just rest on your laurels of what you remember from week three and not do your due diligence to put the work in to, to grind the tape out to see where I can get an advantage. It's funny, Tom was talking today in part of that press conference that you're referencing that uh, this, is, this isn't the time to go to the movies. This isn't the time to sit back and kick your feet. This is, you know, if your focus, sole focus isn't on this football game and how you can find an edge and how you can find a way to win, then I don't know what you're doing in the playoffs right now. So that's just Tom. I mean, he's he's... The greatest of all time in NFL history, not just as a quarterback for a reason, and that's part of it. I'm going to kick it back to DC, but I wanted to touch on that real quick. Uh, whether you like TB or Tom Brady, whatever you want to call him, the goat, whatever, uh, or not, I love the fact that he recognizes as great as he's been, as long as is the money he's made. Hey guys, in order to actually win the big one, you have to stay focused to the end. Uh, that's some true leadership. DC, what you got? Well, I'm bringing it back close to the matchup itself. You mentioned Leonard Fournette, and I also saw that Ronald Jones is is um is on the injury list as well. What is the status for the, for the Bucks running backs overall? I, I think Leonard Fournette has a really good chance to go this week. Obviously, um, you know he was one of the guys that could have been a game time decision. Didn't even get activated off IR. We'll know Saturday at four o'clock whether he's going to be activated. Um, and even have a chance to play. He looked good warming up this week at practice so far. Granted, yesterday was a walkthrough, but today he looked pretty good. Rojo was out there running today. 
But he's been running for the past week, and he just hasn't been able to cut, so we'll see. Uh, I think Keyshawn Vaughn and Giovanni Bernard stepped up real big last week, and I think that's something that if Fournette can't go, that you rely on those guys. But at this point in time, I think Fournette should be ready to go, and that's a huge boost for multiple reasons, not just him as a running back. And we know you know, the Rams are sixth overall in the NFL or finished sixth overall in the NFL in run defense, and they've got some real big boys up front that can that can not only get to the quarterback but stop the run. But his passing, you know, pass blocking prowess, you know, if, you know, obviously we're, we might be dealing with injuries here on the Tampa Bay side with Trishner Wirfs, Ryan Jensen, even Josh Wells, their backup right tackle is a little banged up. So uh, having a guy like, like Leonard Fournette to rely, lean on and rely on and pass protection is huge because uh, he's really picked that part up of his game up out of up this year. And then uh, and catching balls out of the backfield. I mean, how many times have you seen, you know, Brady dump off the backs? And that's been Leonard Fournette. At one time, he was the third. He had the third most catches on the team behind Godwin and uh, Mike Evans. So he's he's been, um, you know, we haven't got a, a playoff Lenny yet. But if he comes back, I think that's exactly what the Bucks are going to need is is that type of playmaker, uh, especially with you know uh, in the Rams linebacking core, which is you know it, it's adequate, but it, I don't think it's anything to write home about. And their safeties dealing with injuries as well. You know, you get. Uh, some of those matchups that you might be able to exploit with Lenny, and I think that's what you do, especially when they play zone. Now, I know they play a different style of zone. It's like a man-zone hybrid type deal, um, and Brady was talking about that too, how they play zone, but they play man concepts in the zone. So, But if you get some nice, you know, if you can get some dump-offs for Lenny for six yards and, you know, treat that as an extension of the running game, um, you know, that's what you got to do. So it, it starts with him, and if he can't go, it's going to be Vaughn and, and Bernard, and they'll be able to do some of that, but not to the level Lenny is capable of. Mike, JC, man, quick question. Uh, I remember playing uh, in the stadium, you know, many years ago. Uh, but what I remember most was it being empty. No, it, well, oh, it, still, yeah, it still has some people there. But the 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 visiting and really the home team uh, sideline was very close to the stands. Is it still like that? Yeah, it's pretty close. I mean, it's I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, any further or, or closer than, than normal normal stadiums. I haven't been to you know a large number of stadiums, but um, it's got some good good proximity to where the players will be. It's probably about 10, 10 feet, 10 yards, maybe something like that, five yards somewhere, in between five and 10 yards. So, um, yeah. Now, obviously, you know, the Rams will be coming out there to play them. Uh, what do you make of home field advantage and crowd noise? You know, I think it's going to be. I I think that's going to play a little bit in the Bucks' favor. Um, the this will be the only the second home game matchup for the Buccaneers since 2007, unless you count the Super Bowl. Then, but you know, I really don't. So, the stadium was rocking last week, um, and uh, you, you know, they, I think they can be louder. Calling Bucks fans out, I think they can be a little bit louder. But when you get such a big lead on an opponent, you know, it's like now. You know, your attention's not completely on the game and not getting as loud as you can, but um, I think that's going to play a part. And, and travel. I think travel, too. Uh, there's, there's, you know, as an athlete, as a pro football player, you know, I mean, you get used to the travel. You're doing it since college, and, you know, you get used to being, you know, moving from cross-country. It still sucks, but you're, you're, you're used to it to an extent, the time zone shift and everything like that. Um, but the biggest thing, I think, uh, especially for playoff games and match why it's such a big deal is because if you're the home team, 
you're able to have those extra days where you're um, at the facility. You know, you're not traveling on a Saturday. You're at the facility getting that treatment, making sure you're the best you can be to go in that game. Um, you know, you're sleeping in your own bed. So I think those things um, play a small part. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, because you you actually did it. But I think those play a part of it too, as well as the home crowd. No, absolutely. That's that's a huge advantage. Uh, you can stay after a little walk through practice, get extra treatment, go sit in the sauna. You know, go to your favorite restaurant, go relax. You know, you know where you got to be. You know what time, streets, and all that stuff. So absolutely. You know, it, it definitely plays a, a positive role in you being at, at in your home stadium and, and and just around, you know, kind of your similar routine. Uh, obviously, when you travel and I can imagine what it's like now, you just don't know. Sometimes the plane is held up. They got to get a different crew. So those kind of things throw you off. So when you think you're going to get extra sleep, you find out, man, you're on short short rest and you got to keep keep it going so uh derek i'm gonna throw it back to you yeah i mean the 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 road matchup i would rather be in la like anybody else who's you know it didn't happen that way but i still like the fact it's warm weather they're not going to green bay i'll take that i just want to point that out no one's going to green bay except for the 49ers so be happy with that yeah but well, the 49ers do surprisingly well out there. So, I mean, it's uh, that's a game that I haven't officially. I mean, I know Jimmy G's dealing with stuff, but you know, I, that's not a game that I've completely written off that LA's not going to have a home NFC championship or the Bucs. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. Oh, no, I, I think that, that, you know, here's the thing the Rams, the Rams are built to be beaten by the, by the Niners. So, we've seen a lot of. Rams losses recently to the Niners. But they, but everybody knows what they're going to do. They're just going to run, run, run. They're going to bully you up front. They're going to bully you some more and then bully you some more. That's what they do. They don't do anything that you you can't figure out. The Packers are a good matchup for them on that. The Packers do a lot of the same stuff. They have a lot of the same things going on with them. So I think the Niners have a good chance of beating them. But if there's one team that's going to really give them problems even get the Packers problems, the Niners and, and the Niners Packers. I think that's going to be a very interesting game to watch on Saturday. And I, no, no matter what, I think, I hate to say it, man, Mike, I, Mike, man, just smack me now. I kind of have to root for the Niners on this one, dude. <laughs> the Niners? Come I kind of have to. Like, you have a chance at a home game. Either way, I mean, JC, you're, you got to be with, no matter our result here, right? The Bucks want this home game too, man. The Rams want a home game. They're going to win. I want the Niners to win. I'll take my chances there because I, I don't want to go to Green Bay. I just want to point that out. Uh, I wanted to ask JC something real quick, uh, and and this is maybe not the proverbial elephant in the room. The elephant is out of the room being Antonio Brown. Yeah. What is it or what have you heard is in regards to how are players like what side of the fence are they on or were on or are they like, hey, man, we kind of glad the noise gone yeah. or do they figure like, hey, man, the dude just has some issues. You know, was there any truth to, you know, they knew he was hurt and he was trying to go. And then, you know, was it about Gronk getting more catches or, you know, what have you kind of heard on, on in the streets as they say? You know, a little bit of all of that. I mean, I, I spoke to a few players, and no one's going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. But, I mean, they, yeah, they yeah, yeah. Some, 
you know, some like uh, one one of them was like, that's just I'm like, what happened with AB? That's just AB being AB. So it's like, oh, so, I mean, I didn't wasn't gonna pry too much into it, but like, that, I mean, and this is a younger guy too on the team, defensive guy, and he's like, it's just AB being. So like, have you seen this before? Like, they're with the team, or like, are you just like, you know, you've noticed obviously his his track record around the league, but you know, I think a lot of this stems from um them not guaranteeing his incentives. I think he was really upset by the the fact um you know that he looked at what he's made obviously in that uh podcast he did uh I think it was a full send podcast he's like Gronk is boy, you know, why is AB playing on a on a meager or eager salary whatever earnest salary or whatever he said. So I think that was part of it and then the funny thing is he had three catches with 21 yards was targeted uh five times in that first half. Uh, and then um, and <laughs> Gronk was targeted six times. So it's not like he was like Gronk was targeted 20 times and he was targeted five. And it's like, what the heck? I want my incentives too. But, you know, I, I think um, I, I did hear that that playoff, I mean, the halftime blow up did happen where he had to be calmed down uh, because he was, you know, upset about about catches. And then, you know, yeah, everyone's playing with injuries right now. Right. I mean, you saw Absolutely. Antonio Brown. If you watch that game, the I mean, I don't even want to call it a double move. My, I mean, Mike, you're a, you're a D, DB guy, so I mean, you see what he did to Bryce Hall. I mean, he just did a, like a triple move and knocked him on, got fell on his ass. So I mean, you're able to do that, then you're able to jump up and down and sprint off the field, and you're you know you're not in a boot or anything after this game. You're out there wearing tennis shoes, you know, you know, laced up nice and tight, like you know. So I mean, there's, I mean, it's a double sided. Do I think his ankle is really bothering him? Yes. Do I think it was bothering him? Enough where he couldn't play? No. Do I think he used it as an excuse? And then, had, oh, look at my MRI, look at this, whatever. Yes, I do. But, I mean, obviously, I'm not AB. I'm not of the, the team. I don't really know. I'm not in anyone's inner circle to really know the extent of it. But it's Antonio Brown. And, unfortunately, he lost the benefit of the doubt about three teams ago. So, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I will say this team rallied around. And if you really want a, a, a real – um like a tangible thing to look at that the how the Bucks felt and how maybe Brady felt and how Gronk, some of these guys, Brady went back into the game uh, in week 18 just to make sure Gronk got his last catch for his 500K. And the crazy thing is, too, about this, and this is the last thing I'll say on AB, last year, Ronald Jones was 21 yards away from getting his first 1,000-yard season ever as a running back in the league in his third year. Instead, they, ran, they gave the ball to Antonio Brown to make sure he hit his incentives so that he can make more money. And and Ronald Jones finished the, the year with 279 yards. So, I mean, I mean, 979 yards. 21 shy from 1,000 yards. Also this year, B.A. has been, Bruce Arians has been extremely careful and cautious on how he deals with player injuries this year. Gronk came back in week nine because he wanted to come back in week nine. And as soon as he started getting back spasms, pulled him out. They kept out. Jamel Dean was out with a concussion. He came back to a game, started having illnesses, side effects to it, pulled him out, kept him out in an additional game. Carlton Davis, Sean Murphy Bunton kept him down an additional week. Uh, Richard Sherman, uh, you know, I, you look at the guys. JPP sat the, the last three three games so he could get healthier for the playoffs. Shaq Barrett probably could have went week 18, shut him down. Levante David made sure to shut him down. Uh, Leonard Fournette. You know, he wasn't running full speed, but could he have probably gone out there and be a contributor last week? Yep. Shut him down and said no. Bruce Arians has done a tremendous job 
of taking care of his players for this playoff run. And I don't think he's going to do a 180 week, what was it, week 16, 15, whatever it was, just to attack A.B. personally. That's all I have. That's the you know. That's all I got to say about it. No, I definitely agree. I definitely agree, and and I would back it up by saying just looking at the Tampa Bay injury report. You know, you got a lot of guys did not practice, aren't practicing, and I'm like, okay, they got a game on Sunday, so it's a testament that's to the rest trust. Days. Yeah, you know, that's like you guys get you know rest days, but. So that's a testament to, you know, again, the coach, their training staff of saying, you know, we trust these guys to be ready on Sunday, D.C. Now, you yeah, mentioned that, Tom though. Brady Tom Brady never wants to sit. You, know? you mentioned, you know, A.B. I'm glad you brought up A.B. because now you're all, you also have Chris Godwin out as well. So looking at the Bucks receivers, I mean, this is not the same arsenal the Rams face in week three. But does it make them dangerous? I mean, again, they put 31 on, on Philly. They put 41 on Carolina. They're, they're dangerous. So where where is this offense right now? What's making things go, and, and where are they weak? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a crazy thing because, yes, they lost Chris Goff and they lost Antonio Brown, but if you look at the production and you look at the, the scoring, it hasn't slowed down. Uh, it's getting picked up by different people, whether it's Mike Evans this week, Gronk the last couple weeks. Um, and just a uh, um, mismatch of other characters. Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, um, Rashad Perriman out of nowhere. Looks like John Brown might play this week. Just signed last week. Uh, Cyril Grayson from the practice squad out of nowhere has, has tuned Cam Brate. Uh, they've been getting different. Obviously, they've, <laughs> they've been out with their running backs the last three games. So they're just getting contributions from everywhere, and you've got to credit that to the coaching staff, and obviously the guy who's controlling the ball, and that's Tom Brady. Um, you know, where they're necessarily weak, um, you, you know, it's it's their third wide or second, third wide receiver. I mean, it depends on what the Rams try to run. Jalen Ramsey, you know, followed, uh, shadowed Mike Evans last year, but didn't earlier this year. Do they move him in the slot? How do they, how do they incorporate that, uh, what do they do to try to cover Gronk? It looks like Tyler Rapp had a setback today, and he didn't practice. You know, I know you got Eric Weddle, but, I mean, come on. Uh, old man Weddle, let's see what he can do out there. But Gronk's such a mismatch. <laughs> you know, he, he's such a mismatch. You get Leonard Fournette back, that's probably your third option. You're probably, your first reads are, or your first options are probably Evans, Gronk, and, and Leonard Fournette. And then you sprinkle in some other guys. And, and to be fair, and also, you know, no offense to anyone else Brady has played with besides that 2007 Patriots team. Um, you know, the combination of Gronk and, and Mike Evans is probably one of the best combinations he's ever played with. No disrespect to, uh, you know, Troy Brown or Wes Welker or Danny Mandola, Julian Edelman, any of those guys. But, I mean, Mike Evans is just a superior, superior player, Hall of Fame player uh, when it's all said and done. So he's got two Hall of Fame <laughs> assets out there, Leonard Fournette, hopefully, and then he's got a bunch of guys who are going to have to step up and make plays when they're called upon. One of the biggest things that Brady makes Brady so successful is his ability to get the ball out quickly and find guys and, and just process information at just a lightning lightning clip that he's getting the ball out last week at 2.17 seconds. Still got sacked four times, but was able to get the ball out at an incredible clip. That's actually what I wanted to follow up to mention. The reason why I asked about weaknesses because I was thinking about the fact he got sacked four times. He, he took some hits last week, and, and that's what I'm really kind of wondering about. Where's that offensive line sitting right now? 
Yeah, and that's the that's the biggest thing. So Ryan Jensen and and uh, Trishan Wirfs, obviously two guys got banged up with the ankle injuries last week. Tr- Trishan Wirfs uh, went straight to the locker room, came back out, tested it, tried to win it for a series. Actually, it was probably one of the reasons why Brady got sacked on, on one of those third downs. And But, I mean, Ryan Jensen's such an animal. He came out of the game, went to the blue tent, defensive series was on there, comes out, just as the offense is about to go out there and finishes the game and does that at such an amazing rate and just teasing Fletcher Cox all the time, the whole way. I mean, they came out, he was mic'd up for that game, and it's just some gold content. But um, if they both can go, then, I mean, I think Ryan Jensen's definitely going. Um, the thing that worries me is Trishan Wirfs. He's your all-pro right tackle. Josh Wells is dealing with an injury. He's been limited in practice all week. Uh, he's still a uh, you know decent backup, but he's not Trishan Wirfs, right? And you're going... If you're going on your second string tackle, even if Werfs can go, he's not going to be 100%. He's got a high ankle sprain. So 80%. Can an 80% hold up to Aaron Donald uh, and Von Miller and Leonard Floyd, whatever they combination they put over there and send? And if if it's not um, if it's not him, if it is Josh Wells, how often are they trying to scheme over Aaron Donald to, the, to his side to, to you know here cause some cause some disruption? But I think that's where having a guy like Gronkowski is huge for this team because, you know, he's a blocking tight end, you know, and he's just so dominant in the blocking game. And having Leonard Fournette back, if he can come back as that guy who can, you know, chip passes and then just having exactly what I just mentioned with Tom Brady, being able to get the ball out at an amazing clip, you know, averaging 2.46 seconds or eight seconds um, to throw is the fastest. His fastest time in the next generation stats era. Only uh, Ben Roethlisberger had at a higher rate. And fortunately for Brady, because he's got such a high processor and he's able to make these quick throws, uh, it really gives them, I don't want to say an advantage, but definitely uh, it, it helps out that offense and what he's able to do. The Rams rank in the bottom third of the league uh, on short passes in the middle. They've allowed the highest completion uh, percentage, 80.2 in the NFL. Ranked 28th in average gain allowed in 7.9 yards. On short passes to the left, right, and middle, the Rams have allowed at least the 68.2 completion percentage. Uh, and those are numbers that got to make Tom Brady happy. I mean, yes, they've got, they've definitely got, um, you know, a new guy over there who's going to try to wreak some havoc in offensive line issues. But they got Von Miller. But, you know, the Rams, we, the Rams only got to Brady on 17.2% of his dropbacks. That was their third lowest of the season. Again, they got Von Miller, and there might be some O-line injuries, but you know he dissects defenses quickly, and he gets the ball out quickly. He he leads the league in in, um, in quick passes. So, uh, twenty-four touchdowns and quick passes. No, and no other team has allowed more passing yards and quick passes than the Rams. So, you know, it, it matches up kind of nicely on what he can do if there is. Um, if the O-line is banged up to the point where they're really struggling out there, you know, him being able to get the ball out quick is uh, is an advantage, you know, on paper and on statistically against what the Rams have struggled with all season. Definitely, uh, man, all those points of acts absolutely on par. If you were, you know, as you are, let's say outside of looking in, what would you say would be one or two keys if the Rams were going to try to come in and beat a Bucks team at home with Tom Brady, with those assets, you know, Mike Evans and Gronk and, you know, you got our old guy in Dominic and Sue bringing up, you know, holding down the defense and, you know, solid defense. And I just look at the coaches, 
that are on the Bucks team, what do you think would be the one or two things or you could see if the if the Rams were going to pull this off, what do they need to do? Well, they gotta get consistent pressure and they gotta muck it up and force Brady to hold the ball for a normal length of time. <laughs> you know? Like like the league average length of time. They gotta be able to and that happens on the back end, right? So it's got they've got to be able to, you know, cover uh the guys good enough and also get pressure to force some errors and force Brady to hold on to that ball so they can get some sacks. Um, it's funny because the Rams are, are they're, they're one of the least man coverage teams. They, they play a lot of zone and they rush forward, but, but they do a lot of stunts and blitzes with it. But they also play like a weird, like a man coverage type zone that, uh, you know, they're going to have to be dialed in on that, right? They're, they're going to, they're going to, on defense, they have to be, dialed in and they have to play extremely smart and not let Brady pick you apart. Cause you remember Brady had over 400 yards passing in that game. And again, I mean, a lot of people like to say, Oh, the, you know, you know, the, the Rams won, but it was, you know, they only started to pull away in the second half. And it was part of it because they got the ball in the second half, you know, the, the deferring, they scored right before and they scored right after the half. And that really kind of pulled them away, but it was tied up until then. And then you lost a bunch of players on the defense. So, I mean, there's going to be, different situations that they're going to be able to expose the Bucks on offense. It's, I mean, you're, it starts with Cooper cup, right? And if the Bucks can't find an answer, which they have not been able to find an answer for Cooper cup in the last three meetings that they've had, I mean, you want to talk about production Cooper cups numbers from 2019, nine catches, 121 yards, a touchdown, 2020, 11 catches, 145 yards, no touchdowns, 2021, nine catches, 96 yards, two touchdowns. They have not been able to stop him at all. Cooper Cup has, in three games versus the Bucs, has more yards than he does in seven career games against the 49ers. And the only team that Cup has more yardage against in his career are the Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals. He's played this, by the way, he's played the Seahawks 10 times. He's played the Cardinals eight times. And those are the only teams that have more yards than that, uh, that Cup has more yards against than the Bucs. So, that's a huge thing. You got to stop. I mean, you look no further than what the Cardinals were able to do, right? They bracketed them with a the safety. Uh, you know, they were able to really keep him in check. Uh, I mean, he finished with five catches, 61 yards, but 45 of those already came in, in the fourth quarter with the game already ready over. So um, Sean McVay is going to have to find a way to get Cooper Cup and get him open, uh, you know, if, if I'm the Bucks, you got to play two man, cover one robber. You got to cut cup, cover four and longer down in distances. You you got to make sure you're bracketing him with a safety and not letting him beat you at all. Uh, that's just that's just what you're gonna do. You'll probably put Carlton Davis on David Beckham, uh, David Beckham <laughs> on uh, Odell Beckham Jr. the whole time, and, and you're gonna double cup. You know, uh, maybe you put Dean on Van Jefferson. I don't know, and David and White are gonna be on Higby and the running backs. But see, that's where I'm going to dispute with you a little bit, too. The Rams weren't going this game and trying to throw the ball a lot. They only threw the ball 17 times. You know, they, they were focused on run, 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 run. And when they saw that bracket of safety, that's when they're just pulling out OBJ and, and making him, you know, the guy, the target. So that's where the Rams, I think, have some advantages here in that, hey, we 
the, their go-to guy is going to be Cooper Cup, but hey, you got OBJ emerging, and you got two running backs in the backfield are making a difference. Well, well, I mean, OBJ will work against um, Arizona because they don't have a cornerback of Carlton Davis's ilk or his caliber. I mean, Carlton Davis is one of the best cornerbacks in the league that doesn't get any recognition. Uh, you know, he's shut down last year twice. He shut down Devontae Adams. He shut down Tyreek Hill. He shut down. He shut down. Um, a multitude of players. I mean, you wanted DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones when he was actually Julio Jones, not this weird shell of himself that calls himself Julio Jones. Like, he shut them all down, and he, he's still not getting the recognition he deserves. So, I mean, I love Carlton Davis on, on Odell Beckham Jr. all game. Go ahead, try it. I think Carlton's going to get the most of that. Not saying OBJ is not going to get any, you know, any production, but I think. That's going to be a huge thing. And also, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying about running the ball, but, I mean, let's let's be real here. The Rams have not run the ball well or at all, really, against the Bucks. I mean, you go back to the 2019 game, they had only 30, 30 um, uh, not even, uh, 28 yards of rushing in 2018. Uh, 2019, you, you go back into uh, last year's game, they had under 40 yards. and this year's game, they had 76 yards. So, they have not been able to do anything, and that's the highest output uh, on the ground. Now, passing is a completely different story. You want to talk about passing yards, you know, under Sean McVay, they're averaging 399 yards a game. I mean, you're looking at 490 in 2019, 376 in, in, in 2020, another 407 this year. I mean, they're able to pass the ball at an incredible clip, and that's one thing that the Bucks are going to have to really uh, buckle down on, and I think that's a way that, that the Rams will be able to, to end up, you know, winning this game. But that also starts with going to Todd Bowles, who has not been able to figure out McVay. Now, maybe he can this time around. I mean, he's had success doing it last year. You know, obviously the, the Saints swept, and then they beat him in the, in the divisional round, and then they lost to the Chiefs and then came up with a game plan of, of his life against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, he's so blitz-happy, blitzing on 41%. Of their defensive snaps this season, you know, by far the most of any team. He didn't blitz as much, um, you know, in that week three contest. But when he did, Stafford still shredded him. I mean, he went eight for 10 for 81 yards and a touchdown. One of those two incompletions was the drop. And, you know, they only sacked him once. So, I mean, you look at that, those numbers, it's, it's not very pretty. So, you know, you got a set, one sack, an incompletion, and the other eight. The other, you know, three went. <laughs> so it, it's it's going to be difficult for, I think it's going to be difficult for the Rams to get the running game going. They'll have to use Cam Akers out of the backfield, who looked really good, had that 40-yard ball that he dropped up down the sideline. Um, but they're going to have to use the passing game more as, a, as an extension of the running game because that's one, one place the Bucks have struggled is tackling, you know, the backs on, underneath and screens and stuff like that. Uh, it just seems like they give up so much yards every time. They're just not in the right position to make the play. So, I mean, with Cam Akers, if that Achilles is feeling good and he can, you know, get moving, there's there's chances that they can get some, you know, six, seven-yard gains on the, on those routes, you know, consistently against the Bucks. Mike, well, Jason, I'm definitely going to uh, agree with you on, I, I believe, what it's going to take for the Rams to pull off a win, and they are going to have to somehow get the running game going. Uh, without any type of running game, yes, I, I feel Todd Bowles is going to have an answer for the Cooper Cup situation. 
and if your corner is as tight as you said. And I love that for someone who's able to see a guy who may not be getting the recognition. So thank you for sharing that with our audience. Uh, because when you're on different coasts and different things, and then some guys just don't get the notoriety that they have earned or deserved. Uh, so I'm going to definitely now be looking at the matchup and see, you know, how well this guy's covering guys and shutting them down. Uh, but I definitely agree that the Rams are going to need to have some type of running game if they're going to have a chance, because if you just start relying on the old pass and they are able to take away, you know, Cooper cup and some of the things he's able to do. And now you're left with maybe OBJ or Higby or, uh, you know, Jefferson somewhere. And, you know, I love Van Jefferson, but the more I'm looking at him, he seems to be a guy who catches with his body and not his hands, which I'm like, okay, receiver, you need to be able to catch with your hands. But anyway, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see this game and just see the chess match that I anticipate that's going to happen between the coaches, between the players and, you know, all those good things. I will say one thing too, is this Buccaneers defense has not been together on the field as a whole unit, the way it was drawn up once this season. Not once this season. In fact, the secondary has still yet to play a complete game together. They got one guy back. He went out earlier in the next game. They got another guy back. He went out earlier in the next game. So, Sean Murphy Bunting is working his way. He's a limited practice, working his way back. If he can go, you're looking at the Bucks having their complete defense on the field for the first time all season in this divisional game. Which is going to be huge, and, and you know Carlson Davis isn't the only one back there. This Bucks secondary is extremely, extremely underrated. Uh, Antoine Winfield gets some love, not as much as he deserves nationally. He made the PFF first team safety for a good reason. He, he's just an incredible athlete. Uh, I mean, I, you want to see a, a crazy reel? Go back to that Colts game where he made a play on Michael Pittman, who's freaking monster. Uh, so I mean, and just his versatility. Uh, just the perfect way to describe it. So, Sean Murphy Bunting was a game time decision. You know, realized he couldn't go right before the game. They went to Antoine Winfield Jr. and said, "Hey, you're going to play the slot cornerback position." They only played nine snaps most in the game. Played a season high, career high, 26 snaps in the slot, and was just dynamic out there. Mike Edwards, who's their third reserve safety, big nickel safety. He's an amazing ball hawk. Obviously, got that crazy interception. I'm sure you saw the highlights um, on Jalen Hurts in the end zone. Uh, he's made a bunch of those this year. He's a guy's a ball hawk. Jordan Whitehead, the heart and soul of that secondary. He's an amazing run defender, uh, and he's just a great leader back there. He's going to get some more recognition. And then Jamel Dean, who struggled uh, mightily, you know, the last couple of years, has really came around. It was actually uh, Pro Football Focus. He was a top ten cornerback. I think he finished seven overall in coverage this season, and really is starting to put together an amazing, amazing uh, a run so far that. You know, when he's been healthy and he'll probably be matched up on Van Jefferson, I suppose, just because of the speed factor. Um, and it's a he's a guy to watch because he's going to be able to do some things against him and, and limit him as well. So I just want to give those guys their flowers. And I mean, I know as a as a defensive back, you're always looking at guys. So watch the way these guys play. I think they're going to impress you this week. All right. Hey, real quick. It's time. Predictions. Here we go. Ready to make one, JC? Or you know, I, I'm I'm still I'm still I reserve the right to change my score, but I feel comfortable about the range that it's going to be in. Go for it. All right. So 
Obviously, playing at home, I think, is an advantage. We talked about that. I think getting your defense back is an advantage. I, I, you know, if you guys are looking for a, a really interesting um, article that that John Letty over here at Peter Report wrote at PeterReport.com, he kind of detailed the game plan to beat the beat the Rams um, this week, and it's it's really detailed and put together. Lots of statistical facts to back it up. And I, I you know, looking at it, looking at this matchup. I think the the Bucks have a really good opportunity to go out there and win this game at home. Um, you know, it's going to take their best football game of the season. Uh, that's a fact. I, I think throughout the if they advance um, and have to go to Lambeau or the Super Bowl, I think it's going to take a better game this 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 week than it's going to take to advance to the next level or to win the Super Bowl. Because I think that's how good this Rams team is. Like I said, I think they're probably the the you know, one of the talented, most talented teams in the league on both sides of the ball. So it's going to be a challenge. At the end of the day, long, you know, long answer, long-winded answer short, because that's what I do. Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks winning, moving on to the NFC Championship. Probably, let's say, 28 to 24. 28-24, 20, 28-23, somewhere around there. Somewhere in that mid to mid to low twenties, I think that's how it ends up. Mike, what call are you making? My call: If the Rams are going to win, they're going to have to limit uh, the Bucks to no more than twenty-one points, and they're going to have to score twenty-four. So twenty-four, so, twenty-one. Yep. All right. So I'm going to treat. Oh boy! <laughs> On a well, drum roll. The the over under is, is is forty I think last I checked according to CBS Sports I the thing that actually concerns me is what Brady does in flash of a pan bam bam gone hand out ball out of his hands in two seconds the Rams have been creating more pressure they're I think third in the league in sacks with fifty they created all kinds of pressure last week even though they only had two sacks with with Kyler Murray. The fact that he gets a ball out so quickly has me concerned. The fact that he still can get you death through a thousand paper cuts, get you all the short. Because the one the Rams' weakness defensively is going to be those short, short passing, the short stuff, the dink and dunk. The same way the Patriots won, beat the Rams in the Super Bowl, the dink and dunk stuff. Be a higher scoring game, but that matchup is not to the Rams' benefit. And that's what I'm sitting in the back of my head. So it comes down to. Can the Rams get to him in time? And that's where I'm like, oh gosh. Uh, even now, I'm just like, oh gosh. Because the 50 sacks themselves are not indicative of the inconsistency up front they've had. At home, I know you're like, just say it, just say it. You know? I, come on. I know, right? Oh, I know. Here. We've got cookies over here. <laughs> we got cookies. We're sitting on the oven. I'm gonna. I am going to go with the Von Miller effect here. I think they will get to him. Oh. I'm gonna go Rams 27-24. They've been living and dying by the 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 close games for much of the lab back in the year. So we know it's gonna be close. Um, it wouldn't shot me if it went the other way, but I can't turn on the home. I'm not the home team. The uh, 
I don't blame you. Squad. I don't. I mean, I don't. You get roasted alive, right? You probably get roasted alive. Oh, you know, people alive. expect us to be honest on our show. You know, we're gonna call it what it is, but I just look at it as I'm. I'm watching the. I've been watching the Von Miller effect these last few weeks, and that's where they made a difference with is with him back to, in the backfield. So, um, I think you know, it's really one of these games where it's yeah. such a toss up because there's different. You know, there's there's different pieces that both teams have added or both teams have that could really sway this game. Vaughn Miller for for them and then a, a full healthy game of Gronkowski for the Bucks. I think, you know, both of those two assets that they that these teams have and that there's really, you know, especially if the Bucks are without their all pro right tackle, there's really not many answers for. Him. And if if he can't go, then it kind of takes Gronk out of out of it if he's got to stay in and block. So, yeah, I mean it's it's a tough game to predict and that's why I think it's the best it's going to be the best game of the week. I just, I really do. I mean, there's some good matchups. Bills, Chiefs look good. Obviously, you know, Packers, 49ers. The 49ers have had some success out there. That looks good. Um, you know, Titans, whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, that game, that game doesn't seem great. Titans, Bengals. Uh, but you know, it should still be a fun game. I think this is going to be a great divisional round. I'm excited for all these games. I mean, I am too. And the wild card round itself, in my view, was was blah. So. Yeah. Was it wasn't fun? I mean, they d- d- didn't see a whole lot of interesting football last weekend. So this weekend will be a big difference. Mike, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? We're gonna close up shop here. Man, again, uh, uh, thanks for coming on, JC. Man, some some good stuff coming out there from uh, Tampa Bay, and uh, I definitely agree that this is uh, to me is gonna be one of the, the the funner games to watch. So get your popcorn, get your blankets if you're in cold weather. Uh, get your hot chocolate or whatever you get. Get your barbecue and and sit down and and don't leave because a lot of things are gonna happen. All right, JC, well, thank you for coming on the show. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again in the off season when we do our tour around the league. For everybody else, follow us on Twitter, Talk Rams, Facebook, the Facebook room, the Facebook group, Rams Talk Room, or our page, Talk Rams, Rams Talk. And in the meantime, we're out of here. Have a great one. Have a great one.